All right, what's going on, everybody? My name is Asimi Hongos, and I'm your fellow podcaster on this week's Tech Talk. This week's Tech Talk, we're going to be reviewing the Hot Ones Reaper Pack because I'm still trying to get Sean Evans to get Elon Musk on Hot Ones. We're also going to be talking about Elon Musk versus Jeff Bezos in the great 21st century space race. We're going to talk, be talking about, of course, the ban from the United States on Huawei and how this is much bigger than you could possibly imagine. And of course, I'm a little late, but we're going to reviewing be reviewing Avengers Endgame because there's nothing more important than that, I guess. Uh, so first and foremost, let's talk about the Reaper Edition pack. Now, I've been a huge fan of Hot Ones since DJ Khaled couldn't take Tapatio and got voted and kind of just left. So first and foremost, uh, the Reaper pack has three bottles that come in it, which is the classic hot sauce, Los Calientes, and Last Dab. Now, uh, let's start off with my, my least favorite. You're going to hear some bias in here. It's, a, it's my podcast, nobody else's podcast. But Los Calientes was, it's the green one, so it's already the odd one out. Not the odd ones out, but the odd one out in the trio. And that's because it is a green sauce and... You know, it, it has a very, like, stingy um, smell. I didn't enjoy the smell. I'm usually not a fan of the of the green sauces. I'm more of a red guy sauce myself. And um, it was interesting. Um, tingy. It was very... You could actually feel a lot of the flavor. But it was not a hot sauce that I personally enjoy or buy again. Um, and... I wish it was, you know, you got to select your three hot sauces. Um, but Los Calientes was odd one out. It was not enjoyable for me. I feel like if you're a fan of green sauces, you will like that one uh, more than I do. You also have to refrigerate it. Uh, you don't have to refrigerate the other ones. And it's the only one with a stopper, I believe. Because only one of them came with a stopper. They're not in front of me right now, but... Yeah, yes. Someone got a stopper for all these. Um, the next one is a classic hot sauce, which I really, really enjoyed. It's vegan because apparently Sean Evans cares about the vegans. Yeah, um, <laughs> but um, it was actually a very good sauce. It was a little sweet. Um, for a second, it tasted a little bit like sriracha, which is like you're paying like forty bucks for this. Like it shouldn't cost. It shouldn't taste like sriracha, right? Because sriracha is like three bucks. But um, I really enjoyed it. It was sweet. It was mild. It wasn't like too over the top, but at the same time, it's not like a sauce that I'm like, okay, it's it's the sauce that I'm gonna put on everything. Basically, it was t it was a uh, very delicious. wasn't over the top, so it's I probably would order this hot sauce again. Um, but yeah, veganism. Now we're gonna move on to the last dab, and you know. The moment I smelled this, um, if you ever gone to like a hot wings competition, like at Buffalo Wild Wings, or you take like wing stops, like the the very top one, the the like the hottest of the hot, I have to say that this hot sauce is kind of like that. The moment you smell it, you realize that this is a burner, so it's not gonna hit right away. You're gonna bite into it. You're gonna think you can handle the spice, and then it simmers and it waits and it dissolves, sort of like baking soda. 
when you put in a Mentos in there. Baking soda and a Mentos? I mean, <laughs> Coca-Cola and a Mentos. It's the exact same feeling. It just bursts um, and you smell it. I, and I don't think it's the last app is about the flavor. It's more about the heat level. And this thing settles so hard. Um, and it's not in your taste buds. It's mostly in your throat. So it simmers in there. It kind of feels like you're th- you can't breathe for a second. Um, and your lips go numb. It is very, very delicious still. If you're into spice, I would highly buy this one more time. Because it's a hot sauce that you give to those people that are like, oh, I can handle spice. Or I think it's more funny to give it to the people that can't handle their spice. Um, it's enjoyable. It doesn't have a stopper either. Um, but it is, It is. I, I thought they were just joking when they took a uh, you know, hit of the last dab. You, know? you don't have to if you don't want to. But is it a tradition around here to put a hint of the last dab on there, you know? And this is very spicy. And, and you know, I was thinking about... You know, when I when I was eating my uh, my wing, I'm all like, you know, I, I ate the whole thing. But if you go on to, like, if you watch some of the videos, a majority of the people would just take, like, a small bite of the wing. And they don't eat the whole thing. So you, you should eat the whole thing. I think Gary Vee had the cleanest bones. Uh, Logic had the cleanest bones. Uh, Shaq had some pretty clean bones. But some people don't eat the whole wing. And that is my review. What is my conclusion? Um, the classic hot sauce, the red sauce is really good. Los Calientes is not for me. Um, yeah, the last tab is actually very, very settling in the spice. So, uh, now moving on to Elon Musk versus Jeff Bezos. And uh, Tech Insider did a wonderful piece on, uh, you know, sort of the 21st century race to space. Dang, I'm going to trademark that race to space. Now, what we're talking about here is, you know, Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk have a one goal to reach, and that is to make, you know, humanity a multi-planetary species, um, which is really, really great. We've seen a lot of progress within the next, within the past ten years. Uh, NASA is aiming to put a, sp- you know, to put people back into space, which is really great. Not much progress was made um, within, like, you know, our lifetime, but now we're seeing a boom in it. And although it seems like, oh, you know, it's just like happening right now, it's it's been 10 years in the making, 20 years um, for Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. Uh, and now the, these two tech titans, Silicon Valley tech titans, are in not in disputes, but we're seeing, you know, we're sort of seeing, we're, sort, we're going into the climax, you know. Um, Elon Musk and uh, SpaceX have been able to reuse rockets, uh, Blue Origin, which is Jeff Bezos' company, has also been able to do this, but they haven't been able to go into space. I believe they only entered orbit, which is a completely different science than going into actual space and then coming back with uh, a rocket. So I really want to discuss, first and foremost, who I think was going to win and and why. You know, I'm going to be honest with you all. I'm a huge Elon Musk fan. And I just believe the guy's a one in a trillion type of dude. You know, you're not going to get another Elon Musk for like, you know, a hundred years probably. And, you know, you're like, oh, there's probably like Steve Jobs. But Steve Jobs, although he was really great and revolutionized the cell phone, 
it's not a multi-planetary thing, you know, like, how do you advance humanity? And I think advancing humanity comes from, you know, how do you, how do you take that next step to evolve? And making us multi-planetary, a multi-planetary species is just like on the next level of, uh, you know, evolution. So uh, first and foremost, let's talk about Elon Musk, um, who, you know, I, I personally think is a much better bet. He is the underdog. Everybody really, really loves Jeff Bezos. Um, you never really hear like controversies or like, well, I wouldn't say controversies, but you never hear like NBC or CNN or Fox News like hitting on you know, Jeff Bezos, they always hit on Elon Musk for any small thing, you know, like a Tesla, you know, gets into an accident, um, a, a Tesla blows up or something, something along those lines, right, which happens to a gasoline car every single day. Uh, but the reason I believe in Elon Musk is because of his background, you know, I've read his autobiography, I don't know if Jeff Bezos has an autobiography or a bibliography, um, but I read it, and the reason I believe in Elon Musk more is because first and foremost, he's proven to us how effective he can be with cost, and the biggest reason is because he is an actual engineer. The re the the biggest thing here is understanding like the whole physics, the background, what goes into building a spaceship, and Elon Musk really has that nailed down. The physics, the mathematics, you know, everything that goes into rockets. Um, and it just makes sense. He's not really a business person. He is a, he's an engineer and that completely makes sense. Uh, he does build really great companies, but he, he's not a business person. It doesn't seem too much like, like it. Um, so now we're going to move on to Jeff Bezos and Jeff Bezos. Again, he is an, an, like an incredible human being for being able to create and build something from nearly books, you know, everyone thought that Amazon was going to fail, um, you know, you know, everyone's like, who would buy a book online, well, apparently everybody does in the 21st century, uh, I'm pretty sure everyone's bought a book online, or a resource online, regarding to literature, um, and he's like, the most wealthy man in the world, right, um, but, it, you, when I think of that, when I think about that, um, Jeff Bezos, has never really seemed too much like a scientist. He's actually a businessman. He's like someone that thinks about e-commerce and technology in a way to bring to bring it to the consumer. And that to me is not very exciting. I think it's very like, okay, you want to go into space so you can gather the resources so you can sell them and make more money. That's kind of pretty much very boring to me. It sounds very cliche of a business person. And Jeff Bezos has stated that, you know, it's been his dream to go into space since he was a kid. I really don't know about that. Um, I think, you know, it, it might be, but I feel like you should be an engineer if you that's kind of your, your goal or something really in the space field. But that's just my own personal opinion uh, on Jeff Bezos. I, I feel like I should do a little bit more research on the guy, but it just seems kind of dull, kind of boring, not very interesting. Right now, it feels like the battle between Thomas Edison, Thomas Edison, yep, and Tesla. Someone correct me if I if I said Thomas Edison because he's the one that sold a lot of the technology from Tesla and Elon Musk is looking like Nikola Tesla and Jeff Bezos is looking like Thomas Edison. Once again, another fight for the like once in a hundred, once in a hundred years type of fight. 
Um, and to me, uh, I, I just root for Elon Musk because he gets a lot of hates. And of course, you know, we're comparing and contrasting here. Uh, of course, both of the companies are always under attack. They're doing something that's basically revolutionary. I'm talking about, you know, Amazon here. They're really making like other companies compete like Target and, you know, all these convenience stores that the average person thinks about. And it's just completely different because of Amazon. So I don't discredit Jeff Bezos for really making consumer uh, consumer tactics and bringing uh, the product to the consumer at a faster rate even better. Um, but of course, it doesn't come with its faultiness. Um, it doesn't take one person to create a revolution. It takes an army of people. And both of them, you know, they I've read articles about how work conditions are at Tesla and SpaceX. And, you know, how often people quit and, and uh, you know, how often people are retained. It's, it's not that great uh, for Tesla. Um, you know, there's the, the Fremont HQ where they build everything. And, of course, people get hurt and injured and all this stuff. And the, it, it's like, you know, workers' comp, it, it happens, you know. And it happens at Amazon, too. I'm pretty sure people are getting hurt and the working conditions aren't great. Um, but it, it's part of the journey. It, it shouldn't be. But it happens when you're trying to make a giant dent in both of these industries, both the commercial car industry and, of course, the space industry, which is extremely difficult to get in. But, of course, at the end of the day, it's going to benefit humanity, which is really, really great. But, of course, one of these guys wants to be remembered as the first person to colonize Mars or to bring a commercial airspace into the moon and bring the average person to the moon at a low cost rate, uh, much like... You know, much like people in airplanes about 10 years ago or like 100 years ago, right? Like how crazy would it be to to fly in a metal box from one place to another? Um, but yeah, just let me know your opinions um, to my 14 followers <laughs> that are still on Anchor. Thank you to Anchor for, um, you know, making it easy to upload. Uh, but now we're going to move on to the Huawei band uh that was implemented by um, the, the Trump administration. And I think it's it's really interesting to see what is going on with Huawei. You know, Huawei, um, like when I first got my cell phone, they were kind of like that third party brand that you don't really think about, but you buy anyways because a cell phone is a cell phone. And now Huawei, uh, before this ban, was the number two most profitable uh, cell phone business out on the market. They were coming close to Apple, and now they were banned. First and foremost, because they were seen as a government threat to the United States, because China and Huawei might have close connections, um, which is really really crazy. Uh, I'm not gonna get into detail about that because it's kind. Of, I I don't want to talk about something I don't fully understand. I do understand the the technology aspect of it though. So now that you know Huawei no longer has access to American-made companies, American-made companies like, you know, Qualcomm and um, Google, which is an extremely important asset to them uh, because Huawei usually runs on Android. Um, they will no longer have access to it for about 90 days now. Uh, Huawei also doesn't have access to, you know, American... <coughs> American manufacturers, which are really, really nuts because guess what? They get a lot of their parts from here. Excuse me. They're getting a lot of their parts from here in the United States. You know, it's a global 
economy, everything became has become more intertwined. Although they have parts for their for three months as well uh, to build these phones, now they're gonna have to start relying on more homegrown homegrown. It's not a plant; it's a, <laughs> it is a piece of technology. You know, they're gonna have to rely more heavily on the on uh, Chinese manufacturers. Uh, Huawei, I believe, has the potential to do what you know keep on re- reproducing they're not a person they they have the ability to um to create the phone to make the hardware um just because we see the output that they work at the the companies the companies that are going to make new chips are probably all in for this because now they have more reason to create better products um and i think the only shaky part is the software now I'm saying this because if you remember like five, 10 years ago, everyone was trying to create their own operating system. You know, we had the app store, we had iOS, we had Android. We also had Amazon and Windows, if you remember those. Now Huawei has to create its own, um, has to create its own uh, Play Store, Play Store, App Store, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that is gonna be very difficult for the consumer, like, it's, it's first and foremost, it's crazy hard to make an entire Play Store when they're not going to have access to some of the most popular apps, i.e. being like Instagram or, you know, Facebook or any of those. Although there's already, or, or, although they're like, the band is already like, they don't really have Facebook or Google. In China, they have their own like third party uh, social media like Weibo. Um, but the, the Play Store is going to be the most difficult to replicate. And not only that, but you have a variable which is extremely uncontrollable to no degree, which is people. Are people going to want to use the Huawei Play Store? And the answer is an unknown because, you know, they might want to or they might not want to. But it all comes down to that. And the reason that this is so scary is because, you know, there was an article uh, um, or a podcast, you know, podcast about podcasts. Uh, by time that discussed the ban um, that you know some of these farmers had have been going through um, when the Trump ban uh, implemented uh, you know bans on like uh, metals it was about a year ago and you know I'll link it down below on the medium post because I'm also a writer director and actor now um, but basically a lot of people were losing jobs losing a lot of money and um, it was a really great article, but but the main thing, see, guys, this is the first podcast back. I have a lot of resources, but I mean a, a lot of sources, but you know it's a mess right now. Uh, but th- there was an article, you know, talking about how Donald Trump, the the Trump ban, had affected these metal workers, and you know every politician talks about bringing back jobs, bringing back. Uh, bringing back more jobs, higher wages, etc. And the Huawei band is going to do that, I think. It's going to be able to bring more jobs here. It's going to be able to create more hardware. Um, and everyone will start to create and build from their own nation. Now, this is, I think, it becomes its own double-edged sword, right? Like, how many people, like, who has the resources? China and the United States obviously have the resources and the manpower to do so. But I feel like China has a better resources because their workforce just seems way like 
way more efficient. They have a lot more people willing to do the jobs. Um, there was also another great podcast, also done by Time. Uh, I believe it was the same podcast uh, where they were talking to uh, industrial workers and how there were a lot more open jobs, but there were a lot less people willing or a lot less young people willing to go into those jobs like welding, uh, making parts, cutting down uh, like wood, um, you know, like going to those very different non-type office jobs. Uh, you know, especially the millennials, you know, because I'm a millennial. I definitely know that um, that most millennials want tech-based jobs, tech-based jobs in an office in a nice city. And the jobs that, you know, are being produced aren't necessarily those type of jobs. Those, those are more hands-on jobs. Uh, for example, welding, an incredible skill. It's not being pursued as highly as it used to be, even though the pay is great. Um you can get an, an apprenticeship and then do so and get that um, get that welding experience and you can make a lot of money. It's just not a very desirable job. So what's going to happen, I feel, is everyone is going to try to create their own suit of armor. This isn't the Avengers, but we're going to talk about the Avengers. They're, everyone's going to try to create their own suit of armor, initially their own their own um, manufacturing. They're going to try to become more in-home and we're gonna see Huawei uh, create their create their own software, and then the software is just gonna go all over the place. There's gonna be no linearity. There's gonna be very little formality. Like the iOS operating system is so great because because it's so uniform, right? But now we're gonna see companies implement like the, that really nasty those really nasty skins all over. Android phones, everyone's going to try to create their own operating system. It's going to be all over the place. Um, and people are going to, it's going to be, I feel like it's going to be a standstill. Nobody's going to want to work with one another. Tariffs are going to be, you know, going to be being increased. No, no one's going to want to work with each other. And technology is going to slow down. More law is going to slow down, you know, depending on the size of the company. Um, depending on the size of the company, how much money they have, because Huawei has a, an enormous amount of money. So I don't feel like it's gonna be a setback too much for them, they can recover. Um, but think about smaller companies, will they be able to work together? Will American and Chinese companies be able to work together because of these tariffs? So I think this Huawei example is just one of many that's going to happen. Technology is going to start to slow down. We're going to see a little bit more sloppiness in phones and operating systems and any smart technology. There's going to be jobs that are coming to the United States, but not desirable jobs for you know a newer workforce who wants to be in the tech sector. So I guess it's an example we're going to have to wait and see, um, just like when there were tariffs on um on you know farmers and welders and you know all these people that make uh and find the pieces needed for hardware um so yeah so we're, we're we're done with that one um feel free to send questions via my twitter at isikmihangos i'll link it down in my medium article or uh just leave me a voice memo on anchor uh now we're gonna go talk about avengers endgame um I know it's I'm pretty late on this because it came out like a bajillion years ago. But you know, I've I've 
I've held my thoughts. I've seen the movie multiple times. And um, the first time I saw it, I had really high, 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 high hopes that it was going to be, you know, incredible, amazing, all this stuff. But, you know, lower your expectations. That's that's the millennial way. That is uh, the way of the young. No expectations. Um, but my expectations were very high. Uh, I'm going to talk about it probably in a first, second, and third act. Um, or, or hour. It's three hours long, so that makes more sense. So, like, I felt like the first hour... Um, I feel like the way Robert Downey... I feel like Iron Man, the way Iron Man was saved... Um, I didn't really enjoy that part too much. Or it just seemed kind of odd that Captain Marvel saved her out of nowhere like that. Um... Because I feel like he could have thought, you know, I think it would have been more interesting. You know, I'm not, okay. Okay, let's criticize the movie first and foremost. What I think, as I've seen it multiple times, um, I still think it's it's a strong 7, uh, 6.5. And I feel like Infinity War was a little, was way more enjoyable. But this, the toning, the pacing of Endgame was very, very different. Um... And that's why I give it this. I think if you're like a more of a slow burn type of person, it works. But to me, that, that might have been the reason. Okay, so now back to that. So I felt like the way that Tony got rescued was kind of like... It didn't, they didn't even say how they they survived, right? Like, why did, how did Captain Marvel find her? Find him? Um, like, you're in space. Like, it, space is infinite, right? So... I wish they gave us something like maybe Tony was giving us some radio signal and that's why the ship was running out of power or something. Um, so I felt like that was an easy way to get it out of there. I wish they explained it more. It has nothing to do with Captain Marvel. It has to do more of the explanation of how she, how she, how she found him because it makes absolutely no sense to me. Maybe she's got some people that saw like a spaceship just floating out of nowhere. Um, and then... Uh, we're moving on to like, we're moving on to, um, you know, Ant-Man, you know, I'm, a, I really like Ant-Man. He's one of my favorite characters. I think Paul Rudd is awesome, but there was a little bit too much Ant-Man here and I don't feel like they even used him in a great way. There's that scene where the kid is riding his bike. Ant-Man's like, what happened here? And the kid doesn't say anything. Um, Ant-Man is walking. Ant-Man goes to see his name on there. I feel like you could have cut that out. And it wouldn't have made much of a difference. Um, I didn't enjoy that part. Like why? That's like a good like five minutes in a movie. And um, it just didn't make sense. Uh, I would have chosen like Ant-Man would have been like. Like what is going on here? How long has it been? And then um, you know. Goes to see his daughter. Who is older. Um, but just cut out, cut out Ant-Man. And how did Ant-Man get from San Francisco to New York in less than a day? Nobody explains that. So a plot hole there. Uh, regarding, uh, Hawkeye and, and Black Widow, I feel like they should have shown off a bit more, bit more, uh, you know, like what has Ronan been doing for the past five years. But I feel like that's going to come in his new like series. So like what, what was he doing for five years? I really like the Ronan character. I feel like he's more vigilante style and he's way way more enjoyable right um but i didn't really enjoy that part either um 
and then we move on to oh i love you 3000 oh that was uh, that was so okay i really enjoyed that part sorry that was my keyboard i should probably move sorry i don't know how to adjust the levels apparently um first and foremost why does it feel like an audi commercial for like a good three five minutes of the movie uh, there were just a lot of Audi, you know, like they were shoving that down our throats. And I'm just like, bro, uh, this makes me not want to buy an Audi anymore. And that was not very enjoyable. Um, also, Iron Man discovering time travel in one night. You know, there was a five year skip. Um, I feel like it would have been more enjoyable if Tony went a little crazy. And then he just it took him five years to discover time travel. One night, mm, comic book logic, right? Uh, that was, I think that was one of the parts that really bugged me. Um, because one night, okay, thanks, bro. Um, then, then we're moving on to, let's see, America's ass. That was funny. Uh, let's see, I'm just saying the things I didn't enjoy because it just makes more sense so let's see now we're moving on to tony the avengers the first fall you know avengers one i really enjoyed that scene where uh the rotating shot of the avengers um it's like the first time they assembled right it was so much nostalgia the first time i saw it it was incredible uh just to see it on the big screen i don't remember if i saw avengers one on the big screen. I think I saw it on TV and then I was like, whoa, this is amazing. Um, but now we're moving on to Ant-Man. Oh, Asgard. Asgard. Now we're moving on to Peter Quill. Guardians of the Galaxy. All enjoyable. Okay. How did Nebula... Where is this network coming from where they interface? Someone's sharing her network. When did they ever explain that plot hole? Um, yeah, we know she's mostly machine. But where did it come from? Like, it just seems so sudden for the movie, right? <sighs> but, okay, that's like, the that's like you know, two hours building a lot. I really enjoyed, okay, the whole, okay, let's back up a little bit. The whole Fortnite thing, you know, how much did they pay to be ingrained in there very heavily? Uh, out of the time, every single time that they showed that scene, everyone cringed at the Fortnite on the TV, um, not enjoyable. I didn't like it. Like they probably paid like a bajillion dollars to be ingrained that hard, and that's going to be forever in history. And the year is twenty twenty three, so it's still relevant, I guess. Um, so yeah, I didn't enjoy that Fortnite. I really like Thor though. Uh, I thought it was funny. I thought it was a completely different take on the character, and it's just like they're doing something new. It's so like. It came from out of nowhere. And I'm just... The way that the trailers put him... Okay, let's back up a little bit. One more time. Um, but yeah, Thor, way more enjoyable of a character. Okay. We're going to move on to how they killed Thanos the first time. I didn't enjoy that either. What? Like... He just destroyed them with a gauntlet. And then he snaps his fingers. Uh, Kevin and Joe Russo said that... When he was fighting Stark on um, Stark and and the Guardians, that he had yet to learn how to control the power of the stones, and that in Endgame he learned how to control the stones much better. 
but he got killed so fast, it makes absolutely no sense. Of course, they had Captain Marvel, and Captain Marvel is, like, top five most overpowered. And I mean that in a good way. Like, she's so overpowered. Like, anyone, like, she could literally destroy Thanos if she wanted to. But, of course, Thanos had the Infinity Stone. And we get into this other logic. But anyways, Captain Marvel, super OP, awesome character. And... Like, the way they killed him, it wasn't an enjoyable scene for me. Um, like, dude, like, he's so overpowered. But I guess they were trying to save all the build-up, the big battle, which lasted, which was amazing. We're going to talk about that later. Um, but it it was just like, how did they kill him so fast? Like, it makes no sense. How are they able to breathe on another planet? No one ever explains that. So, yeah, not... Did enjoy the way they killed him the first time. I feel like it should have been a much better, bigger battle, using the stones. Thanos showing us how he's mastered the stones over, uh, you know, like a few days. I guess it doesn't really make sense because he only had a few days. But back to the whole. All right, time travel. Peggy. Okay, Steve Rogers. Okay, that was all fine. The time travel logic again. It's a comic book movie. They're using Dragon Ball Z logic where he skews off to another um, skews off to another timeline. It all makes sense, right? Who knows? Because this is physics and no one has ever time traveled. Or have they? So that to me was semi that was like okay. It, it makes sense, right? Like affecting your past does not mean that it'll affect your future or something. Um but yeah, so uh, Gamora bringing it back. Now we're getting into the part where Nebula gets captured, but War Machine goes back first. But I don't understand how she didn't get sucked back in um, because it doesn't make sense, right? Like there's a timer on the watch. So is that a plot hole too? Like she should have gone back regardless. Like why'd she get herself get captured, right? Like if she didn't get captured then they wouldn't have gotten the stuff to go into time and it would have been resolved in a different way. But I guess movie logic, um, the Soul Stone getting, getting um, the Soul Stone, Black Widow dying. You know, I thought, I'm like, nah, they're not going to kill them, right? I felt really bad for Black Widow. Uh, I really like Black Widow. She's a great character. Um, but they said they're not going to bring her back. But of course, there's alternate realities now. So that's a thing, you know, multiverse. So I was very sad. Black Widow's a great character, very enjoyable, uh, super cool. Um, I just felt my heart racing, but then I'm like, no, they're gonna bring her back at the end because it's all about working together as a team. But they they didn't bring her back. So thank you, Scarlett Johansson, for being Black Widow. Um, but yeah, how is Hawkeye able to hold the stone? When they say it would break your mind. Again, comic book logic. Um, so then, everybody gets the stones. Tony Stark gets to meet his dad. We see Jarvis from Peggy Carter, which I thought was very enjoyable. I think that's the only, that's literally the first time they cross over the TV shows with the movies. Um, but, of course, we're going to talk about Disney streaming services later on. Um, so they get the gauntlets. They fix everything. Uh, Nebula from the past 
abducts the one from the present and then goes into the future and then she connects to the to the what do you call it to the mainframe or connects to the computer and brings back Thanos right okay this is, this is one thing that I how would okay the gauntlet with the stones the Iron Man gauntlet I thought it was pretty cool very enjoyable very very comic booky and um it was a it was like oh this is cool but how was he able to do it in like they didn't even give you a time span i'm assuming it's like a few hours but they, it's like nanotechnology so it can just take the form of anything um like neil degrasse tyson's got to explain this right like if they're so cosmic and they have like the energy of the big bang how is that nanotech that i guess it becomes an engineering problem physics problem at that point um uh, but it seemed like really really quick for the sake of the of the plot um and i wish they just took a little bit more time like a week has gone by you know so that nebula integrated herself and like yeah i just felt a little bit sped through that um so hulk takes it on takes on the the infinity gauntlet it's, it's even called the nano gauntlet and it brings back everybody um the ship comes through time and basically destroys the avengers uh headquarters which i thought was awesome you know like okay now we're getting into the final hour right you know the hulk touches the gauntlet wears the gauntlet makes sense they never explained that it was gamma radiation, so it's like, oh, sake of the convenience for, you know, plot convenience, uh, I really didn't mind that. It makes sense, you know, Hulk is like top 10 most overpowered characters anyways. Uh, so it makes sense, but I wish they like at some point said like, oh, it's gamma, like, I don't know, maybe two or three movies ago. <clears throat> so it makes sense, right? Give me, give me one second, I need, I need more water. All right, so... um. So yeah, it like completely makes sense, right? Like most of our power character have no big deal with that. Uh, but then the final act of the movie, um, again, I'm going to be nitpicky with this because it's my podcast. So first and foremost, um, there was the fight uh, between the original three and Thanos. I thought that was very enjoyable. Um, Hawkeye destroying some creatures, enjoyable. Um, but then there's this Ant-Man scene, which, you know, Rhodey and Rocket are like, can someone help us? And then Ant-Man's like, yeah, I got you. And then he dives. And then there's this weird cut, you know, the one that everyone sees in the trailer where Ant-Man is hopping from the pencil into the water. Um, and then it just doesn't lead anywhere until he becomes giant man um not enjoyable at all it just seemed like such a random cut it didn't make absolutely any sense because they didn't show us what was happening after uh uh old nebula kills new nebula kills old nebula makes sense she doesn't die i'm like why didn't she die again dragon ball z logic and uh, I just like that one Ant Man scene bugs me so much because we don't even see Rhodey get his way over weaponized war machine. Um, and it just, it's just like such a random cut. I can't get over that. Hulk doesn't even become World Breaker Hulk. Uh, I think that would have been, we don't get the rematch between um, 
Thor, I mean Thor, um, we already had a rematch between them, between Strongest Avengers, um, between Thanos and Hulk, that seemed like it was just kind of left on the cutting room floor or something, maybe it's a deleted scene, but Hulk, I don't feel like he'll ever get the chance to be World Breaker Hulk now. Maybe in Avengers like 10, maybe, I don't know, it depends on Mark Ruffalo, if he's saving the world or not. Um, but, you know, one of the best scenes of the entire movie was when Captain America was able to pick up the hammer. He was worthy. And we all, I was there opening night and I'm just like, wow. Everyone cheered. It was a great moment. Chris Evans played off so well. Great. I was like, my heart was beating. I was like, oh man, this is, it's not happening. What is happening? He he picked up the hammer. He did it so well. But that's my nitpickiness. Like, how was he able to control the hammer so well? Maybe there's like a like a deleted scene or something where it shows how he trained for it, or maybe he was training in secret. I don't know. Um. Yeah, but it was such a comic book moment, right? It was uh, enjoyable. It was great. It was over the top. And, you know, everyone gets destroyed like ragdolls. Like, uh, Iron Man, uh, Thor, they, they give it their best, but they're destroyed. And Captain America... Now, now we get into the CGI monsters, right? Like, the CGI monsters are like, oh, like, this is a big battle, but there's no real casualties. It's only, like, CGI monsters. That's still one of my complaints. Like, CGI monsters, okay, who cares? They're just gonna... Pow- like plow through them anyways they're kind of useless right um but then you see this beautiful shot of you know captain america versus the entire army uh falcon uh falcon coming through and saying on your left oh man and you just see everyone coming through the portals and it's this big climactic moment that i don't think can be pulled off you know anywhere else right like it's been 10, 11 years in the making. You know all these characters. You know wh- what, like, everyone's story, everyone's background, what their abilities are. There's no filler time. Giant Man comes out with rockets and War Machine and the Hulk. And I wish they showed that, but they didn't. And it's just like... Okay, I didn't like it that he said Avengers and then he whispered Assemble. That bugged me so hard. He should have like, come on, Chris Evans. I believed in you. Um, It was just like, you just see that shot of like everybody. And it was incredible. Like 10 years in the making. And this one hour seems so well established. So well put together. So like, like, whoa, dude, like. You're going to be telling your children about how you were in the theaters when this happened. Will there even be theaters back then? But it was like, oh my god, like, you've been with these characters. You've earned it. Like, they've earned it. And it's, it, it feels like it's never going to happen again. I don't think it will ever happen. In, like, like it'll, it'll never happen again. Um, the Breaking the Shield, man, that was like, that was so iconic too. Like, man, like, the Vibranium Shield is supposed to be unbreakable, but he... Here we have him breaking the shield, going toe-to-toe, uh, Captain America. <clears throat> and then, you know, we, we see everyone coming through, uh, fighting. It's like a one-hour 
very well choreographed uh, fight. Um, and, you know, Tony, uh, man, it's like so hard to process because there's just so much going on. Uh, everyone's showing their skills, working together, you know, being the Avengers. Um, and, you know, going against Thanos. Oh, man, like if, you, if you're there, you're trying to catch every single thing. Every time I go back, it's like, what did I miss? Who's fighting who in the background? Um, you know, it's an incredible scene. One hour. It took 10 years to earn that one hour. And I think it, it really, really paid off. Um, we're going to move on to stuff I liked. I, I just don't hate the movie. It's just like, it's not, it was my, my cup of tea. Then we move on. Uh, everything gets wrapped up. You know, um, some great scenes. What else? You know, one thing that I don't feel like they've ever done properly is show how overpowered Scarlet Witch really is. Like, she's easily top five, top three, depending on who's writing her as the most powerful character in the MCU. So I'm really excited about the shows, the Winter Soldier, uh, Falcon, the Ronin, Hawkeye, um, and the, the Scarlet Witch Vision show because she's like, they showed how strong she is. She can like easily go against Thanos. But she's like so overpowered, it's like not even fair sometimes. But I hope they show that in, in the upcoming uh, TV shows because she's like, I feel like she's she's not be being utilized to her f full potential. Um, but yeah, like she's very overpowered. And that scene where like Thanos is like rain fire and then they're like, but what about your troops? And he doesn't care. Like it just, ha it just shows how like gruesome and heartless he can be to get to his mission. So I think that's why it's, he's also a very enjoyable character. Like he, like it's really nuts. Like you're gonna be willing to kill your own army for this. Um, I also really like Dr. Strange. I feel like, I hope they show off his skills a little bit more in, in the next phase because he's also super overpowered. Um, I hope they do more than just waterbed next time. Um, but again, incredible. Oh man, I could, I could talk about that fight for like five years if I really wanted to until the next phase. Um, uh, but then we get the wrap up, you know, I love you 3000. Oh man, that hurt. You know, Iron Man dying was like, you know, that's the end of an era. It's like, there will never be another Robert Downey Jr. Or another like, as incredible Iron Man or character. It's like casting another Forrest Gump. Or like another, um, it's like trying to create another Forrest Gump and trying to create the magic, like the Sandlot, getting those characters. Um, you know, they they just nailed it with him, and and you know, it's he's the Godfather of the MCU, and it's really really amazing to see, you know, coming from rock bottom, seeing Robert Downey Jr. transform like that. Um, incredible! I am Iron Man, and everything off um, as Iron Man, and saying I love you three thousand. All beautiful moments um but now now we're gonna move on to the wrap-up obviously everyone goes their own way uh everyone gets back their powers uh spider-man instant kill mode everything you know friendly neighborhood spider-man the funeral scene which was called the wedding scene everyone thought he was gonna get married but boy is dead um maybe they got married in like the five years they probably did but um yeah now uh the Falcon and Captain America uh, heading off the shield. I do not know how to feel about that. Is it too early? Um, I feel like it is. 
Like, Chris Evans is such a great Captain America. But he has his own spin-off show apparently coming in the making. Um, I'm just going to hold my opinions on that because I want to see the show. Like, what are they going to do with Falcon? Uh, but I personally thought that, you know, Bucky, Winter Soldier, deserved the shield a bit more. And um, that's because we've seen their friendship from the very start of the first movie. And it's all, it's all my personal opinion, you know, I just like, I really like Winter Soldier a lot more. He has more character developments. He's gone through way more. We've seen like all of Captain America. He's been there with a trilogy. He's been a, a great second character. We see that, you know, Winter Soldier is trying to do his best. I feel like um, he's always tried to be the same in the same moral ground as Captain America, seeing everything in black and white. Um, and he's just, to me, I think Sebastian Stan would have been a, a much better um, Captain America because he's been there from the start. Um, let me know your personal opinions on that. Um, I know I'm going to get some hate for that, but it's only 14 people that are listening to me. So um, I, I, I just thought that Winter Soldier deserved it a little bit more. Or heck, he could have just been like, where is he? And it would have been a mystery. And like, you know, we would have just seen that shot. I don't feel like he needed to be old. But, um, he could have just taken that out, too. It just seemed very unnecessary. Um, he could have just been lost in time and then came back when needed. Um, but that's all personal take, personal opinion. Um, but, uh, yeah, Winter Soldier, way more developed character. I like him a lot more. What was Winter Soldier about? It was a whole movie dedicated to him with Falcon in the back. What was Civil War about? Winter Soldier and Captain America. So, all personal opinion. Again, it's art. It's supposed to be subjective. There's opinions. There's all the comic books to base this off of. Um, but yeah. So, that's kind of what we're talking about here. Um, if you lasted these 50 minutes with me, uh, I thank you so much. You know, um, I'm just getting into podcasting, back at it again. Um, and also, just writing a medium article i want to say article it's more like this is what i'm talking about these are my sources this is what i'm citing um because i don't want to spread like fake news or bad information or like where are you getting this information from um and just you know show information because you know i went to college and citing is important so yeah that's that's it feel free to tweet at me or to leave me an anchor voicemail and I'll get back to you hopefully answer some questions. I don't know what I'll talk about next. Um, the Patagonia band is pretty cool. Um, and not the Patagonia, like Patagonia not wanting to work with hedge funds. I think that's a really interesting story. Um, but yeah, that is it. I thank you so much for your time and your attention. My name is Isaac Mihangos and I'll catch you in the next one.